going on everybody back in here to the dogs basketball podcast for the third straight game no fight song it is a very unfortunate part of our season here i'm nick malone joined by noah lurch noah obviously last night was a crazy game you know obviously the ups and downs that usually can happen in the first half the great start to the second half and then obviously the very end which left a lot of bad taste in people's mouths a lot of mean tweeting a lot of Frustrated people walking out, and obviously the team was frustrated as well. No, another one-point loss. What's going on? Yeah, a lot of frustrated Saluki fans after a lot, last night's game. If you look anywhere on Twitter, um, Facebook, even the Facebook Saluki Athletics page, uh, um, a lot of unsatisfied Saluki fans right now, and uh, I'm one of them. If you if you follow, if you see any of my tweets or anything, I'm out there tweeting. Um, yeah, it, it was not good last night, and here I am again. Uh, this team still has yet to put together a complete 40-minute effort, and uh, um, there was another one last night. Um, yeah, like you said, great start to the second half to get us back in that ball game. but uh, let's jump into it. Yeah, and it's another game that this was probably the ultimate game of uh, uh, there for the taking, like 100%. Like, it's different compared to – the games you've had to work your way back in and how great we were in the second that literally the opportunities were staring you right in the face there at the end and yeah we are we're, we said on the last one and obviously we're saying it now uh kind of down in the dumps that we are tired of playing games like this uh so yeah we will get into it i wanted to mention first uh, it's good to see that saluki radio interviews somebody or, or a player on the opposite team before every time and we know ben Cricky was on for the Valpo game, and they, or they'll have a coach. Jacobson was on before the UNI game. I don't remember who was on for Missouri State, but uh, Roman Penn was on before yesterday's game. Uh, it was funny listening to him talk about uh, their season, his injuries. Um, they talked about Garrett Sturts, who was great in this game, how great of a person Garrett is. Uh, and then he mentioned, uh, he was asked about us, and he said, yeah, it was just funny. I wanted to say that he picked us apart in terms of talking about how Lance, how strong and quick he is. And then he said, and then he said, do mask. It just, it's funny how he pronounced the names. Do mask. Uh, he got Burt Plankin. He got Steven's last name right. And then he said, coop it. So it was right then and there when I heard that, I was like, yeah, hopefully we can beat these guys. If he can't pronounce the names, then obviously he's gone through them enough to know the names. So it was just funny, but it's good. Like I said, it's good to see that they interview and get the perspectives of the opposing players and coaches before every game. So, uh, Noah, there was that. And I wanted to touch on first, or also, in the pregame, Brian had, because we know Foster was on before, <clears throat> and he talked about his situation. But, Noah, Mike finally got a chance to talk to Brian about Foster's situation. Yeah, he did. And it, it's a, it was an interesting, interesting uh, to hear Brian's situation talk about his side of things. And uh, I agreed with everything he had to say. And, uh yeah, it's interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and it was uh, – he, he said everything that Foster said in terms of how it can benefit and how great of a, a kid he is. And he said, you ever thought about taking the red shirt off him this year? And said, well, when I see him make about four or five threes in a row in practice, he wants to. But it was, it's all joking, and he said he's going to have an incredible four years here. And we said that we'll be looking forward to hearing Scotty's interview at some point, hopefully. Uh, so now, Noah, let's jump into this game but. First, there was, I just looked at the standing of our five Valley games, if I can do the math here, a combined margin of 10 points. We know the two-point victory against Evansville, the five-point, or the three-point victory against Valpo, there's five. 
So I guess it's 12, and then you have five against Missouri State, and then one the last two. That is about as – because obviously some teams lose by that the total margin in games, and we've won a combined total of that. So that's where it's frustrating the most. So, yeah, now let's jump into this frustrating game. Yeah, first off, uh, um, no Tank Hemphill for Drake Bulldogs last night, and uh, Roman Penn, um, Tucker DeVries, and um, somebody else uh, still – Still playing through a little bit of injuries. We know we have Lance Jones playing through an injury himself. Um, but uh, getting into this game, um, def- it was not a great start for them. Um, like three straight turnovers. Uh, um, DeVries turned it over to start the game, then Brody. Um, but J.D. got us started. Uh, good to see J.D. get back in the scoring column. I, as soon as he scored, I felt like it was um, his first bucket in forever. Um, I turned to you and said that last night. But uh, – yeah, we jumped up to a 2 nothing lead, and after um, a legal stream by Brody who came down the other end, and uh, Marcus gets fouled and one for two from free throws. Uh, um, still struggling from the line there. But, uh, yeah, we jumped out. It was back and forth for a little bit until about the under 12, I think, and uh, that's when they took over for a little bit. Yeah, whenever J.D. started it off with that layup, it was – and we said during there that it's going to be hard to score on Brody in the post. Brody struggled in this game in a lot of facets. He ended up fouling out. Uh, but, yeah, J.D., what, he had the left hook over him, and it, crazy how it went in. It was it was a post move that we wouldn't think that that is his overall game. Uh, we'll get to another one. Obviously, you know, Kyler's ability to score in the paint. It was funny seeing J.D. do that, and he had other opportunities. And, yeah, I had a feeling that as soon as Marcus missed that one free throw, I was like, hopefully it doesn't bite us in the end. So, yeah, you're right, it did. It was um, we we were good. Even Dalton had a layup and the and fast break. It was nice. And you're right when it got up to that 12. And Anthony got in this game though, and he was incredible. Uh, this was probably arguably his best game as a Saluki Noel because he led us in scoring, I believe, in the first half, and he was just bringing the juice again. Yeah, we've been we've been saying it every time he plays. Something something good happens for this team, and he just looks better and better. And I was just, I'm just, I think it maybe need to see a lineup change and let him play a little bit more, maybe slide him in there for J.D. I don't know. They really, because we usually struggle from the get-go, so maybe that's an extra extra juice we need to get get going in the game and bringing J.D.'s energy off the bench and his effort um, would be something else. But, yeah, Anthony got going again. He did miss the free throw, went from one of two from the line um, early in that early in the first half. But uh, it's good to see him get going again. Uh, I wish he could play more because I feel like um, – he has several, really several good possessions offensively and defensively. Next thing I know, I look up and he's coming out of the game. Yeah, I know. All the bigs are getting about 10 to 15 minutes apiece, but at some point they're going to have to, you know, when the game falls that way. Even Troy, you know, we figured, well, obviously if some of the bigs are going to be in and out themselves, that Troy's going to have to find his way, and he barely played in this one. So it was interesting. And even as soon, I mean, Anthony was getting steals. He was like we said, scoring the paint, and he is by far our best big free-throw shooter. He's arguably top three free-throw shooter on the team. Uh, so that's also why he needs to play a whole lot, definitely down the stretch. And, no, I think some of the things that, you know, were the reasons why maybe Drake shouldn't have gone off to an even bigger lead, I think or DJ Wilkins did not play, you know, what we figured he would and what he has played against us in the past. He ended up having okay numbers, but he had maybe the quietest, almost 10 points in the whole game, but it didn't seem like he was doing anything to start it out. And Roman Penn, Noah, yeah, he, he was playing and running out there like nothing's bothering him at all. 
Um, you know, he was getting, he was getting, you know, over the screens and about the free throw line, it said paint. So I guess near the paint, he was getting his jump shot that worked almost every time. And the same thing with Sturts. Noah Sturts would not shoot a three in this game at all. He would just get his jumpers and then also get to the free throw line. We'll get to some pivotal free throws that he had at the end of the game. But no, Iowa Ekenwole, I wanted to mention because I see him on here. He's a good player. We missed out on him. Yeah, he's a... I thought I picked him, I think I picked him in our picks at sixth man of the year to take Joseph Visefu's place. In that rotation, I think you picked Garrett Sturt, so got to see those two guys that night. And, yeah, Io would have been a big a big boost. Probably would be starting for us. Um, he can nail it from three, and he's a pretty good um, passer as well and not too bad on the defensive end. But, uh, yeah, he came in. He hadn't done much for them, but, of course, the guy we recruited and were in on, he uh, comes in and beats us. And, uh, yeah, that's when about – I think we, we had a 16-12 to 12 lead at the 12-36 mark. And here we go, another another stretch where uh, we, can't, we can't buy a basket. And we didn't get our next bucket till the 7-11 mark. Um, when we were down 26-18, to 18, they went on a big run. Yeah, there was those stretches that we always continue to talk about. If, you know, usually it's the first, you know, half, five minutes of the first half and the last five minutes, and we have a good middle of that. Yeah, you said 16-12. to 12. That's when Troy made that one three, so we can count on him to pretty much make open threes. I think he missed another one at some point in the game, but that's when Sturge was getting the free throw line right after that, yeah, when they were fouling him. It was a foul on Troy. No, it was that when he made that three in the corner, he looked back to the bench of Drake and wouldn't get back on defense. I think there was someone else back as well that could have helped him. It's almost like he had to just run back his whole self, but he could have had some help, but he ended up fouling him. But Sturge went one of two from the line, and you're right, we didn't score a whole lot. Noah Tucker DeVries is every bit of talented, every bit of four-star. It, it's really incredible. His his you know efficient scoring, his finesse scoring, it almost comes about as easy as we could as we remember seeing. You know, we we've seen players that you know play like him or look like him in his style. He's every bit of six, what five or six as well. So he was a tough matchup, and he got going. That's when he they made it a one-point lead, and then Akinwale in a fast break and a jump shot in the fast break took, uh, got grabbed them the lead. You know, Tremel Murphy, he was underrated in this game because his ability to be physical on Marcus. And Marcus said after the game that Drake's always been a physical team with him ever since he's gotten here. So they always, you know, they're trying that on him. And it, pay, it paid off because Murphy was definitely tough and strong in this one. He didn't do a whole lot of scoring, I don't believe. But he did his job on defense, didn't he? Yeah, they're they're very physical. Uh, they're, they're little grown men out there. They're all they're older than like five NBA teams as a team with all their ages and it's crazy it's crazy to think about and yeah they're they're physical Marcus talked about it after the game um last couple of years have been really physical with him so he was he, he said he was prepared for it um but uh yeah he took he took a lot of a lot of abuse last night um they they switched uh they switched some switched some things up on him they'd run some doubles at him sometimes but uh a lot of Tremel Murphy one-on-one with him and and uh Garrett Sturts too on the defensive side yeah, I say that about Murphy and his scoring, but he went on his own 5-0 run. He missed a free throw, but they, they they handled these rebounds. You know, they had – we couldn't rebound at all, Sturts, and we'll get to the stats, the halftime stats, but Sturts was getting offensive boards. Uh, everybody on their team was. And then, you know, Roman Penn kept getting going. So, yeah, all of a sudden they're up by 10, you know, and next thing – or then Troy has a, uh, a jumper in the paint that made an eight-point lead. Steven had a couple free throws, I believe his only points of the game. 
which we'll get to that as well. Two uh, contributors, usual contributors, didn't do a whole lot in this one that could have mattered. Uh, and actually, we'll, I guess we'll talk about the other one right here. Cash had a free throw that cut it to five. Uh, Brody did have one of his few points and layups that cut it back to seven. Uh, Wilkins finally got on the board or so at nine points, about two and a half minute mark. And then Noah here, JD gets to the free throw line again. He misses two. They're not, they don't look as bad as they had before, but obviously we don't want him at the free throw line, but there was another lane violation, Noah, and he finally made the one after the violation. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it's interesting. He's, he can definitely tell he's putting in the work in and it's in, in practice and his free time to work on that free throw. They're doing their best they can. Um, that's all you can ask for, especially you see a lot of guys, a lot of bigs around the league, uh, they can't make a free throw either. So um, all, I, all I ask for is if he can go to the line, if he can get one of two, I'll be satisfied uh, um, when he goes to the line. Yeah, and even Brian said how obviously he's improving there, but it doesn't appear to. And obviously when you're in a crowd, a decent crowd, this crowd wasn't as big as the uh, the wideout UNI game. But uh, obviously, and Kyler's talked about it before, around in November in the, Sunshine, or the Paradise Jam, and obviously when you get in front of people, when you're when you're not a good free throw shooter, that it can get to you and you not do well. So I'm sure JD knows that they cheer sarcastically when he does make them. So he did that. Trent had a three right before half, cut it to six, and then we let Tucker DeVries go down with ease, make it an eight point game, and that's where it stood at halftime. Noah. So what stuck out in the halftime stats? Yeah, in the halftime stats, uh, looking at it, if you want to look at uh, our scoring leaders, were um, Kyler with five. Uh, J.D. with five, and Anthony with five, right? Yeah, Troy, Anthony, oh, and Troy, Anthony, J.D. And J.D., Kyler had not scored yet. So, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. If though, I'd say, um, looking at, look, if you were to just give me this box score, you would not have a very good first half. And, uh, yeah, offensively, we did not. Like I said, we, don't that, we went on that six-minute stretch without scoring again. Um, that's been a big problem of ours. The transition defense was not good, um, but uh, yeah, I think the only I think we only had maybe one guy in the positive and plus minus, which I think it was Lance. Um, that's shocking. Which he he got banged up, so he had to come out a little bit. Um, he's still playing banged up. I think he dove on the floor again. So um, Trent Brown hit that big three at the end of the first half in the fast break. So that was good to see. Um, he played a little bit more than he did. He's play, he played a lot more than he has been. So um, it's good to see he's getting back on the right track. But, yeah, like I said, it was just another um, run where we can't score and uh, other teams are taking advantage because uh, um, it's it's not going to – it's got to stop. We have to have some sets. Um, but I, I will say about that run, guess who was on the bench? Our best player, our leading scorer, Marcus Damas was – during that stretch, he was on the bench, and I just kept screaming, "Why is he not coming back in?" Because, um, about if if I was the coach after two minutes, if he was if we wouldn't score in two minutes, and they were making a little run, I would have put our best player back in. Um, but I guess they see it other than see it differently than I do. Um, I know he has to have rest, but if we're in a dry spell, we got to have points at some point against these really good teams. Sixty um, percent from the line again, not good. Um, we held them – they shot 60% from the field. Defense was not very good in the first half. Really good from three. They went one of seven. Um, they only shot six free throws. That was good. We shot 15. I like that. Get to the line, but we got to make them if we're going to get there. Yeah, I think the one thing that 
kept us in this game was their eight turnovers. They matched us in that regard. So that's probably a little more than their – we said before that they averaged around the same turnovers as us, around 11 or 13, and they and – they, what they uh, – you know, they allow about 13 or they, you know, get their own turnovers for teams around that same number. I think that was the difference. And then you're right. I mean, uh, Marcus, when he's – and we've said it before clearly that – it seems like he's in the most inconvenient times that he, is when he actually gets his break. And obviously there are games at the beginning of the season where he didn't almost come out of the game at all. And now that he is, you know, throughout the season, that they're <clears throat> just at the most inconvenient times, yeah, as soon as they go on a little run and it gets to a certain number, their number got to 12 at some point in this half at the 226 mark, that he needs to jump right in because – Obviously, if you have a decent lead or if you're keeping it close, you take them out for two minutes tops or maybe barely in between TV timeouts. Um, but obviously, when you're down, you want to keep him in. And he was getting beat up. He only shot three times in the first half. So a lot of – he only had three points. Like we said, the most, three of the most uh, – the guys that we would not expect to be leading us at half were um, – and J.D. had another layup at 1.2. So like I said, he was giving Brody the work, it seemed like. Noah Steven and Cash. Cash didn't shoot a field goal in this game. He struggled at times. He had said he didn't have any, him or Steven didn't have any turnovers, but Steven had a minus 12. I guess obviously that means that he did not play well defensively, and they went on the run when he was out there as well. I noticed he didn't play a whole lot in the second half and those certain stints. Definitely unfortunate, yeah. When you let them shoot 60%, awful. And then um, what else happened in this one? Yeah, 9 of 15 from the free throw line for us, yes inexcusable you're you almost missed as many as you had and that is the utmost the only one we can accept missing free throws at this point is jd like when kyler does play he'll get found he, hopefully he's improved in that regard but there's no reason for marcus lance at this point or anybody else and i'm pretty sure dalton when he ended up shooting him made his as well so and anthony missing one so awful i don't know how that disperses to seven as a whole i guess but yeah we only had our biggest lead was the five around the 14-minute mark in this half. So uh, putting ourselves in a decent position, like I said, we didn't play another half where we did not play well at all, really, but we were only down by eight. Uh, like I said, their turnovers, I think, kept us in it. So, Noah, how did this second half kick off? Yeah, it was a it was, it was was a weird second half from the get-go. Um, we thought they would come out and look to put us away really quickly, um, but a turnover by Darnell Brody or Darnell Brody – um, a missed jumper by Roman Penn. Um, Marcus got us going. Uh, a three-pointer from the top of the key. I think that was that one. Um, that put us at five-point game. Then we went on a run. We went on a, um, what was it, a 7-0 run, I think. Was it? 8-0 or 9-0. It might have been a 7. I don't know. If we're doing the math, I, I remember a tweet that they may have posted. Yeah, but we like went that. on our own little run to start the half. They went on their little dry spell. They didn't score till the... 12, 12 and a half minute mark. Um, so uh, we went on a 11-0 run. Actually, it was 41-35 the next time they scored. So uh, we went on a little little run there to get us going. Um, the crowd was energized at this point um, to get to that run. Marcus hit that three, like I said. Lance Jones hit a three. Um, Anthony got a layup shocker. He's uh, he's back in. That was an and one. That was after a TV timeout. So he had his free throw there. Um, Anthony hit another free throw. So that put us up. That put us up two at that point. Then uh, Kyler got, got see see here's where Anthony does some good stuff and it gets pulled right away. 
Um, but Kyler, um, he missed a couple of easy ones in the first half, I thought. But uh, he really established right away in the second half um, with some smaller guys with their backup gigs. He 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 hit a he hit a, a tough layup. Um, then uh, let's see when they get going here. Um, they got um, Fallon, Marcus, Sturts. Um, a lot of iffy foul calls in the second half though. But um, Sturts one of two from the line that got them going. Then uh, Sturts hit a three. He was one of two in the second half from three. So. Um, that's really where that's where it started going downhill. It was back and forth a little bit, but uh, we didn't. I thought I know we took the lead, but I didn't think we we didn't take enough advantage of their dry spell. Yeah, that was almost and you would ask Debris after the game that that's the craziest dry spell they had all season. We recall obviously they barely played any true road games going into this, so you know definitely in the first half they didn't really show that, but in the second half definitely did. And I was saying before this. Seemed like they had shots that, you know, weren't easy attempts that they missed. You know, they had to earn a lot of those buckets. So we were really good defensively. You mentioned Kylie. Yeah, as soon as they put Nate Ferguson in, uh, that one of those backup bigs that he struggled guarding Kyler. And Kyler had, did have multiple stints. The bench was pumped for him after DeVries called a timeout. And they were all storming to the, uh, to the sideline. And Kyler was jacked. So, yeah, you're right. It seemed like a six-point lead was not enough. Because uh, we had a feeling, you know, here we're looking, you know, arguably the best we've had all season on both ends of the floor. And we had a feeling, well, if we end up losing, we'll know that we didn't extend this lead enough. And you said, Sturts, he did have one of two from the free throw line. So he actually gave us, and we'll get to more at the end, some uh, pivotal missed free throws on his end. But then he made a three. I said that he was scared to shoot. And we were giving him open opportunities to shoot. And he was kind of just going through the motion on offense, I think, barely shooting. But he finally did and made that one. Knowing that DeVries, yes, took the lead for them on a three by him. Effortless scoring, as we said earlier. Brody was getting steals. If he wasn't doing something, he was going to be getting steals like that. But then Marcus had a jumper. It was just constant back and forth at this point. J.D. had one of his other layups. Uh, Brody made a free throw. And then Noah Sturtz went on his run again. And he had a layup that cut it to two. And then Marcus matched him on his own. So here we are, 722. It was like one of those. And we tweet, Saluki Radio tweets, buckle up. Because obviously it was going to end up that way as it did. Uh, and then Wilkins finally got on the board. Like I said, he wasn't his true self, it seemed like at times. Uh, but he had a three after a Marcus free throw to cut it to a two-point deficit for us. And then Dalton Noah had a nice jumper. 50 all at the 544 mark. DeVries goes down to match him. Trent had another three. I'm pretty sure this was the one in transition. Uh, one of those ones that we said right there was a risky shot that he had. But it was uh, one of those we're not surprised because that's kind of how he's been his whole career. Uh, that's the kind of shooter that he can be in those situations. And then uh, Sturts kept making free throws. What, it was tied. It was 55 all at four and a half mark after two Marcus free throws. And then Noah DeVries goes right down. Here is what I wanted to say at the four-minute mark. When we tied it, we had to get a stop, or we we got a stop, and then, or it was it was two missed free throws from Sturts here. That's when the student section was actually doing okay, good enough, and then we go down knowing a possession, and Trent made one of the worst passes I've ever seen, crossed his body, tried to throw it to Anthony, and got stolen with these. Next thing you know, we're down by three on the other end, DeVries three. Yeah, it was a, it was a very bad decision by Trent, uh, um, it was it was a tough pass to try to make and uh, it was a, an easy steal and we go on another end and uh, Tucker DeVries we go under on a screen I think and uh, 
he buries one. Uh, he is going to be a scary player. Um, we got three more years of him. So he could be fans. a Larry Bird winner. At so good luck. Uh, we're going to have some tough times watching him. I think uh, during the pregame, I think Rodney Watson did it best. Uh, he um, looking at watching his jump shot and watching kind of his uh, his form. He um, you can tell where he got it from growing up when. Um, his dad was on that Creighton staff watching Kyle Corver or Doug McDermott, some guys like that. Um, that's the kind of player he's going to turn into. And uh, he's their learning, leading scorer as a freshman, and they got some really good players on this team. And uh, he put the he, – he was starting to really take the lead there. Then um, we took a timeout. Um, Dalton, Dalton got in the lane, got fouled by D.J. Wilkins, hit both free throws. We cut it to one there. Then we got some. We got some several stops under three minutes. Um, Penn missed a three. Um, they turned it over. Marcus missed a jumper, um, a physical jumper. I think it was one of his uh, fadeaways in the lane. He missed that. Um, Sturts missed a jumper. We got another stop. So we're getting right here by two two minutes. I think Lance missed a missed a jumper again, which was probably another questionable shot. Um, blocked by Tucker DeVries there. They turn, they come out. They take a timeout, um, a 30-second timeout. Um, the score is we're up, uh, we're down one at this point. Then Marcus DeMass, he gets he gets an and one with about 40 seconds left. Um, flexing to the bench. Yeah, flexing, fouled by DJ Wilkins on the play. Um, a really tough basket to make, and he goes to the line. Misses the misses the free throw. Then on the other end, we're trying to get a stop to win this game to seal it out. And um, Anthony gets a which uh, Brian Mullins thought it was it, it could have been a foul or I guess it could have been called on either one. But watching the replay, the MVC officials we always gripe about them. Um, I don't know how they made this foul call. Uh, Anthony gets the foul. Sturts gets to the line, and we know we were like, okay, he missed two earlier. Maybe he'll at least give us one so we have a chance to either go for the win and, or go to overtime. But, of course, he doesn't make mistakes. This is the kind of kid he is. He goes back to the line, sinks them both. So with 23 seconds left, we take a timeout to draw up a play, and you take it from there. Yeah, because even going back quickly to not only Marcus flexing after the and one, and it's inexcusable, like I said earlier, it was quiet as a church mouse in that gymnasium whenever we shoot free throws, and there was no reason for him to miss it. I think the pressure obviously got to him because it would have gave us a two-point lead. And then, yeah, Sturtz gets the rebound, goes all the way down court or coast to coast, and then gets that foul. That uh, Yeah, and even Lance and Anthony's reaction, the whole team and Stan's reaction was unbelievable that they barely, if, if they did reach at all, it was barely anything. I think he started to stumble, and they gave him the benefit of the doubt. And we're thinking, okay, well, that's worst-case scenario. There's still a lot of time. Um, and then, yeah, we, you're right. He missed a couple before that, so we're thinking, okay, in the, in the student section, in the dog pound behind him, did an okay job. But, yeah, he had ice he had ice in his veins, made them both. So, yeah, 23 seconds. I think they were going to look at the time or something. So we had a lot of time, and that might have been before that, but – we had enough time to draw up something, though, and of course, we get it. They bring the ball down, and of course, it's just uh, get it to Marcus on the far side. He always catches, it seems like, when he's trying to post up, and he's strong enough to work his way in. He catches it like the three-point line. They try to just give him that side, and he gets more and more to the middle, and they give him middle, which is almost obviously what you're taught. You don't really want to. You try to give him baseline, 
And Marcus even said after the game he was looking to see maybe like an Evansville kind of situation for him. But then they led him to the middle. He took it, got double teamed. So there was, what, at least two seconds on the clock at this point, wasted all of those 20 seconds away, and then doesn't realize that everyone's screaming. He tries to kick at the Dalton in the corner, and everyone's talking at the game. Mike was trying to talk at post game about if they got it off. It's like, no, he, he did not get it off. I mean, you could sell that. You could tell that in real time he didn't. And obviously he missed the three. So if he made it, they would have went to review. And that would have been even more heartbreaking if he did make it. And he barely got it off. And that would have been easily for the win. But Noah, that that attempt is something that they've been going to all year, either either in pivotal points, like we said, in Evansville it happened or not. There has to be something else drawn up there. Let's even have all that time. Like, And obviously, you know, when you get an opportunity in the post, when you have a lot of time uh, and they clear out. But Noah, Noah, Marcus has been getting double teamed a lot lately and then he's always kicking it out or doing something so we had a feeling that was going to happen and then of course they leave a guy open a non-shooter even though Dalton's been an okay shooter this year just not enough time and Marcus even said after the game Noah he honestly did not know how much time was left and that's what you don't want to hear yeah it's definitely not what you want to hear and he said if he would go back he would probably take the shot like 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 what he did at Evansville but the difference at what he was at Evansville, he was posted up about the 14-foot mark. He was posted up to the three-point line here. Do you, remember who, do you remember who was guarding him on that play? It was something not the size of the guys who guarded him in this game. I want to say it was – Newton or somebody. I want to say it was Sturtz or somebody else. Or in the Evansville game. Yeah, oh, in the Evansville game. Yeah, I think it was It was probably one of the – no, it was uh, Fredder King. He was guarding him all game, he, he, and he Struggle. roasted him. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, going back to this, I think in this game, I think it was either Murphy or Sturtz. Because um, that was that was the two guys that guarded him all night long. Yeah, but, I think uh, it was. Uh, I want to say it was Sturtz. He was posting, yeah, and then Murphy came with the double team. I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where um, with 20 seconds left, you're down one. If I was if I was in charge, um, I'd say let's go around. Let's let's get our shot off around the 10 second mark. Um, just that in case. Just in if, case. Yeah, yeah, just in case if you miss it, um, they go down. Say they make both. Guess what? Still one possession game. You have a chance to send it to overtime, and uh, yeah, we wait till we run our the same play. We wait till about I think there was about nine and a half seconds left when Marcus gets the ball, and by the time he backs down, there's about two seconds left. And of course, he made the right basketball play, but he didn't like he said he didn't know what time how much time was there. Um, our coach that we played for always said time score possession. You got to know that as a basketball player, and he was just not aware of that. And uh, you think. Maybe the maybe the guys around him on the floor could help him out there, or we're on our down on our bench on our end. We could say have something, maybe some communication. But yeah, like I said, everybody's gonna everybody hates when this name is brought up. But one thing one thing I can say is with in the Barry Henson Barry Henson tenure, we were great at out about or out of timeout stuff. We got a bucket when we needed it, and. Last night, it's. I think it's. If if that's what you're drawing up, if your play out of the timeout is draw up or just a post up for Marcus, that's that's not good enough. I'm I'm going. Yeah, you can blame it for Marcus for not knowing the knowing the time, but I'm blaming that on the staff. I'm putting that on the staff for that final possession. Yeah, and even you would hope that Drake would know the situation. We know DeBreeze is a really good coach. That if SIU's put in the situation, they're going to do and they're going to watch the tape of the Evansville game. I mean. There's so much tape out there that teams can watch and see, obviously, what their opponents do in certain situations. I think they knew it was coming, and yeah, he did make a great basketball play, kicked it out, 
I just think that obviously we were calling the Barry era that we were like in this and Brian's era, we have actually this, this set that we know we have the, you know, the pass to the big, and then we do the handoffs and the opposite screens. Like we saw that on occasion with Barry, but we were even, I remember us saying all the time that, you know, Barry, we didn't have any offense for him either. So it's weird. That it seems like we're the only team that does. We have our set based offense. And it works for the most part. And I recall, obviously, when we were trying to come back to Missouri State out of timeouts, we were drawing up those, granted, it was like back-to-back plays, but they couldn't stop it. Underneath the basket, you know, baseline passes to the corner for three, and we made them. So I think they're there. It's just, I'm not going to say that I, when you have 23 seconds, that's when it's inexcusable. Because if you have maybe 15, you almost have almost a shot clock's worth of time. And that's whenever, it's it, it's on Marcus, too, to know when they give it to you, it depends when they give it to you. I remember at one point he was screaming the doll and they give it to him. They were like, this was earlier in the game, that you catch your you catch your pass out so far out and you when you by the time you're backing up, that takes five or six seconds and then it just wastes away. Like I think he just has to be more aware. I think that's that should have been the play, because I'm thinking what there could have been. If Lance was in the game, he could have had a drive, even though we, we know he loses it a lot of the time when he does that, when he tries to make a play. And how interesting would it have been if it came down to Lance's free throws, at least making one to tie it. He went, he like he didn't shoot any in this game. But I don't I don't mind the call because I think that's on Marcus to know how much time he does have and don't catch it as far out. And obviously, you know, obviously a lot of players when they're especially when they're you know their backs turned to their basket that they can look across the floor at the other shot clock to know. And I thought he was about to force up a shot and that's what it appeared to even in the double team but he did make a good basketball play it just didn't work out and I think it was an okay play because I'm trying to think no what would have been drawn up obviously we we really had no idea that's on them for figuring it out but do you remember who was on the court Dalton Marcus Lance maybe Steven Trent and Trent Steven was on the bench for a majority of the second half that's right so uh it was Trent tell me what they could have done that was a lot of time to figure out something though yeah it would it the thing is, I get the I guess the secondary option was a a kick out to a shooter, but um, what I would have thought I would have thought you'd rather have uh, like a if that was Trenton in the corner, I would understand maybe making that pass. But yeah, not Dalton. Yeah, yeah, like he has hit some big threes this year, but or and he's a steady shooter, but I just didn't I didn't I didn't like the play. I mean, if that's the play they're drawing up, I get it. You want your best player to take the final shot. And I thought he was going to go for it as one of his tough fadeaways where, like, what are you going to do if you're the defense? But um, that didn't happen. You know you know they were probably – you had to know they had to talk to him in the timeout. Hey, they're probably coming with a double because they're going to – they'd rather make somebody else make make the winning basket and they'll live with it and they're not going to let you beat them. And that's what they did, and uh, we could not execute the final stretch. And uh, another game where we can't play 40 minutes and we have several – several minutes where we can't get buckets and uh yeah just little things that's killing us we're becoming our own own worst enemy free throws anything um but yeah let's just jump into this box war yeah i think the missed free throws thing is definitely something to take from it it's like the turnover from trent we know lance's turnovers in the past i mean it's those little bitty things because when you when you go on a huge run your defense stops them for about seven minutes you know so and they can't even score which is surprising that's when you know that you that you're capable of anything because then it's just you need to get more than a six point lead because then you turn it over and then DeVries slops up a three. You know, it's it's one of those things that they can take advantage of. But I think that play was designed, Noah, to get him in the post. It was about him reading the time. 
because Dalton was wide open. I mean, if that right, if you're right, that was anybody else in that dead corner, it probably goes in. But Marcus needs to know when to give the ball up because I think those guys were open. It definitely around three seconds when he got because as soon as he got double teamed, he kind of froze and he wanted to shoot and then he kicked it out. Like he's got that's on Marcus one for the missed free throw that he does that he should not miss. Uh, that you know cuts it to two, and then if Sturts does go down and get fouled, he he's pressured to make both to tie. Then you're in a different situation. Arguably, I think the same play for Marcus is still there, but obviously you're not down by one where it's a lot more urgent, you know. And then you go to overtime and you and you just whatever flip of the coin there. But I think that's on Marcus for the missed free throw and not knowing how much time was left. And whenever he admits that he didn't know, that's when it's bad. So I think that's the whole design thing, and that'll work a lot of the times. I'm thinking that kind of thing with his ability to pass. So that that is unfortunate, obviously, that it did not work out. Uh, but, yeah, we had our stretches in this game once again, but really good stretches and just those little turnovers that they that they get up on. And our missing seven free throws is inexcusable. So, yeah. Um, yeah, going back to that play real quick is uh, usually when there's a post up by Marcus, what happens? Action is happening elsewhere, a cut, something, maybe find a, find a layup at the end for the win. But no, what what is everybody doing? Standing at the arc, expecting Watching Marcus, him do it. expecting Marcus to make the play, and uh, so, say somebody cuts there, you get a layup for the win. That's that's great. But everybody was just standing there and expecting Marcus to win this game for us. And uh, as great as this player he is, he couldn't do it last night. No, and I'm just thinking of the ways. Obviously, we're losing and who we're doing it against. Granted, we talked and you mentioned at the at the start of it, Tank did not play. That had to have been something that you you know, that you have to take advantage of and win. I expected to win when I, when I, there was no excuse to not win whenever that happened. But obviously when you lose by one, it's different than no one you needed to win because of him not playing, but you lose by 10 or more. And that's, what's crazy. No, we just talked about a 12 point differential in these wins and losses in the Valley so far. We know that's what it's going to be the rest of the way. And you face three of the top four teams in the Valley and you almost beat them. That does say a lot. Granted, you should do it at home. It's just knowing that whenever you play the other teams, you know, teams like Illinois State and Bradley are still tough. All, all these teams are pretty much tough, but that gives you confidence knowing that you can, you know, knock off those teams to help this 2-3 and three record that we have because it does look bad trajectory. But Valpo, imagine they know they're talented and they're 1-5. and five. So we'll get to the standings again. It, 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 like I said, it's different whenever you lose by a lot compared to losing by one and you just don't execute. But, you again, you know you can beat anybody. And this other stretch of games will be interesting, and tomorrow's will be as well. We'll preview the Sycamores at the end of this. Yeah, Marcus led us in points with 15. But, no, I want to go right to the dude, the two dudes that did not make a field goal in this game. Granted, Marcus doesn't make a field goal, and we definitely lose to an extent. But, no, Stephen and Ben, 0 for 6 as a unit, and they went 4 of 6 from the free throw line. Uh, we mentioned Stephen's plus minus at the end. We don't have it here, or I don't. Uh but inexcusable for those guys to and Cash looked Cash looked uncomfortable in this game, especially when he only shoots once. Granted, a lot of things play out where he doesn't get an opportunity. Um, and I think the I thought that he I guess I'm thinking of the UNI game. He got some dunks on. He didn't do anything in this game, Noah. And like we said, whenever things like this happen and we get nothing from some people, and even when Marcus doesn't do anything, we put ourselves in a position to win. That if they do even an ounce of anything else. We do win, and that's how I know we're close when we have all these other guys do nothing that we still have a chance to win. Yeah, the the roller coaster of the season Stephen Verplankton has continues. He he's once again he's he goes away and after a good game and he just disappears on us. 
Um, he still plays decent defense at times, but yeah, Cash, he didn't even attempt a three. We, he's been the guy where we know we can count on to give us 10 points a night, and uh, that really hurt us, even though we got contributions from other guys last night, and our bench scored, what, 30, was it 30 points? Yeah. Yeah, that's other contributions from other guys, but um, those are two guys we got to count on to have 8 to 10 points a night, and uh, and we didn't get it, and that really hurt us. For sure. I think that's honestly just inexcusable as well. Cash rebounded. We recalled some huge athletic rebounds he was making that he has so far this year. So he was doing his, his job in that regard. But when Steven plays, it's not like I don't think they're taking them taking him out of the game. Maybe his shooting, but he gets relatively open shots all the time and he only shot two threes and they were missed. I don't recall I'm pretty sure they were open. So his other shots, I'm pretty sure one was near the rim. It's like you gotta make those, man. And Marcus had some more in this game where he's like, You need to make those floaters. Lance, one of six from the field. He led us in rebounds with six. Uh, but, yeah, we remember a, another sliding on the floor that he had that looked that he was stumbling when he got up, and he was kind of like twisting his body on the sidelines like something else was bothering him. So talk about up and down season for him overall, for sure. And Penn giving him a shout-out at the beginning of the game or on the pregame about how strong and quick that he is, and he showed that at times in this one. Um, it, that is unfortunate. Um, JD, I mean, when JD scores seven points, you like your chances. I think that also happened. Oh, what game was it? I want to say, I don't think it was a Paradise Jam game, but it was a game where JD, I think we lost it because JD had his best offensive game outside of this one, and we still lost. So when guys like that score and you don't win, that's what's crazy. He only had one rebound in this one. Um, and then, yeah, Kyler had some nice, you know, whatever. As soon as Brody came in sometimes, Brian went right to Kyler to bring him back in as well. I think – I think the rotation's a little weird. I'm sure if you asked Brian, he'd say he's still figuring it out. Because like we said, with Marcus sits in weird times. And then whenever Anthony's on fire, and he, I don't think he needs a breather, but he's playing well, then he comes right out. And Kyler helped his own case by playing well. But um, overall, no, yeah, I think you got to get more contributions from Steven and Cash for sure when you're when they're arguably your third and fourth best players on the team. Yeah, well, it's Brian. when Brian was asked who's going to be that third guy this year, he says we need a four, five, six, seven, and uh, the six, the the five, six, seven really stepped up tonight, but the three and four did not. Uh, yeah, JD was big offensively. Um, that's probably the best outing you're going to get from him. Um, he played really well. Only played ten minutes. Um, they went small. They went to uh, I forget who they. I guess Sturts was the five at the or Murphy. Um, they went five guards a lot to uh, take away playing our bigs, but Anthony only played 14, Kyler played 12, and J.D. played 10. Um, still still weird seeing that. I think uh, in certain games, certain players may not seem to go down and play just two of them in certain styles, depending who you play. Um, different adjustments need to be made. And you say you say we haven't they really haven't figured that out yet. We, we got to. It's your five games in the Valley, Valley play right now, so. Um, it's good to see um, that we got some offensive offensive contributions from our bigs, but um, let down from our guards last night. Yeah, and even Lance having three points is inexcusable as well. Um, you know, his because we pride on him getting to the free throw line at times, whether he misses or makes them, zero. Three points from your second best player is inexcusable as well. Like I said, when these guys don't play well and we still only lose by one, says a lot, even though Tank Hemphill – Changes a lot whether he would have been 100% or not. We'll never know. But 
and we'll definitely see him when we play them the last game of the year at their place before Arch Madness, so that'll be crazy. Um, but yeah, especially you play a complete game almost, 30 bench points, yeah, and then you, you still manage to lose, granted, by one. They had 19 points off of our turnovers, uh, and we and we were both at 24 points in the paint. So like we said, that was crazy stats. Points in the paint, if we lead or tie, I don't think that was on there. But definitely lead, our record's almost perfect. So we almost had the benefit there. And granted, that obviously could have been the deciding factor. It's barely beating them in that regard, and then we end up with a dub. So the record would have stood pat. So like, like I said, yeah, definitely – Inexcusable. I mean, they shot what well, they shoot 48% from. We both shot about 48% from the field. About matched them in every single category. Um, I mean, they shot nine of 15 from the free throw line. That's 60%. We shot 70%. Just missed seven. And the refs were suspect in this game. A lot of touchy fouls again. Not only just the one at the end of the game. There were ones all over the place. So it is frustrating when you lose by one. It's always devastating. But like I said, I'd rather lose by that and know how close and you know you're talented and beat teams then obviously getting your butt whooped. So, and obviously that can go whichever way. So um, three straight losses is not ideal without a doubt. Um, and like we said, a combined, what, uh, seven points. So uh, going up from here to an extent, we know we've got a favorable matchup tomorrow. We know, they're, you know, we know they're a solid team, but we know, like we said, we go at Bradley and then we have two against Loyola. So, um, it's going to be tough. We needed some of these games when you lose by, imagine if we would have just something went our way and we won, how great we'd be feeling. So no final thoughts on this game. Yeah. It's just one of those, another game where I, I yet again, say it again, we've yet to play a complete game. And at this point, are we going to, are we going to do that this year? There's still that you want to believe that this team can have some gumption, gumption in them and uh, things will get better and we can fix the little things. Brian made good hash time adjustments because our defense, our fast break defense in the first half, and uh, I feel we're still switching a lot of things. I don't, I, we got to stop that because um, number one on our team is not very good at defense. We all know that by oh, now, gosh. but uh, it's hard to watch. But we still got. I still there's still that in me that we have to things have to get better, and it's just things like we have those runs where things are really clicking, but then there's that catastrophic dry spell that. We can't get a bucket and our best players on the bench, and, and it's going to cost us ball games. So, yeah, there's just a lot of adjustments and things that need to be happening. Fix the little things. When are we going to start making our free throws? You can practice them all you want, but you got to be able to do things and execute in the game. It's just, yeah, we got to – I think Marcus said it um, in the post game that uh, – let me find it here. I think – or Brian said, we trust Marcus to make a play, and we'll go right back to him next time. That's gonna happen, but um, Marcus said we had some. We, we've had some good wins this year. These two losses to you and I and Drake hurt, but they're two. They are two better. Two of the better teams in this league, so we have to keep pushing, clean up some stuff, and look forward to the next one. And uh, yeah, but that's been the motto of the last three games. These these are the top tier teams of the valley. But you've had these teams on the ropes. You gotta execute and finish these games. If we want to be where we want to be. And this staff, as, as great as everybody talks about this staff, we have to do that. These players, we know we have it. And Lance, yeah, going back to Lance, he's he's banged up. He's hurt. Um, there's guys, if you were at the game or trying to watch or listen to the radio, when he took that tumble, he did not sit the bench. He had to stand at the end of the bench, do his whatever he was doing. His, I don't know if he hurt his hip. During that slide, or if it's the turf toe, 
if you don't know what turf toe is, it is the it's when your big toe is a uh, bend your big toe too far or too forcibly. The motion causes soft tissues and ligaments in the big toe to joint and the big toe joint to stretch or tear. So uh, that can, like I said, if he's not healthy, I wouldn't play him. I limit him because a, a it doesn't heal. It takes time to heal. It takes rest, or sometimes it doesn't heal at all and it takes surgery. So um, if he he's more of a negative to this team right now than a positive. So I'd sit him down, work what we have. We still don't know about Ben Harvey. We didn't mention him. He didn't play. He's still illness. So I, I understand he has to make a decision for himself, but I, we got to figure something out. The staff has to turn this team around. we got to start making plays and executing. Or, like I said, I tweeted it last night. This team gives me big Thursday vibes, and I don't want to play on Thursday night anymore. No, and like I guess I mean, it's only five games in, you know, I- I'm not going to say anything about like where we would finish because there's still a lot to go, and you know you barely lose that you can beat a lot of teams. Granted, at home, and you don't want to face them on the road, I understand. Um, and going to the staff, I mean, it, it does fall on execution. Like I said, I could pick apart you know parts of where I disagree in terms of when Marcus sits and all these other things uh, in the rotations. I think it's the biggest thing, but you know it's, it falls on execution on Marcus knowing how much time's left. Like. They do go over what they're going to do. Hey, we're going to have enough space for these guys to be open if you decide to pass it. And that falls on execution on the player. I understand all that other jazz, but the coaches definitely deserve blame and throughout the game. I just think the rotation in certain points is probably the biggest issue that I would have. And even it says we went on a 20-2 to two run. I think that is the final, the final two minutes of the first half and the first seven minutes of the second half, and you don't get it above six is also the difference – and, yeah, we're not a good free-throw shooting team, but we were 9 of 10, I believe, in the win against Valpo, which obviously helped us in the end, and that benefited off the dub, even though we gave them great looks at the end of the game. So it, it's it's those little things. It literally can be anything tiny to transfer this game. It, it obviously was that foul on Sturt that shouldn't have happened. It was Marcus miss free throw, but little turnovers throughout the game. that And then you win, and then we're talking about how we're – what at Missouri State, obviously, there's some games in that that fall the same way, and they had a guy score 33, so the most against SIU in a long time. So anything small that can go your way, we could be undefeated in the Valley still. We could be 5-0, and and that's just the difference, um, and we do. You mentioned Ben. Yes, we don't know his status at all. We're, well, we're having a solid 10-man rotation right now, I agree with. And yeah, some final quote here from Brian. He said, they love this university, and they want to win championships here. Drake played in the NCAA tournament last year. Northern Iowa won a conference championship two years ago. We've got to use this to make sure we understand what it takes to close out games against NCAA tournament-type teams. Um, and he mentioned about how tough it was guarding Sturts, and we knew, knew going into this game that it was going to be tough. He was going to do everything on the court, as he did. So it's just those little bitty things, and then you could easily have all of these wins. But obviously it doesn't matter. Losses are losses or wins are wins. So we're – I think if we lose this game tomorrow, I think that would be a, a tail sign. We know it's going to be a close game, potentially. It's a game that you should have advantages on, that if you lose tomorrow's game, then we can people can start talking about certain things. But until that happens, like we said, it's going to be close. So, no, let's quickly, before that, we get into Sycamores, let's jump into what other games happened and what are happening tonight and what the standings are like. Yeah, there was no other games last night, so uh, to update, I believe the only game tonight is Loyola at Evansville. That will probably be a – well, Loyola struggled in the first half recently, so we'll see what happens there. 
And uh, the game from Sunday, Illinois State came back from a – they were down huge at halftime. Um, so they defeated – in their rivalry matchup, they defeated Bradley. So, uh, But looking ahead tomorrow night, um, Northern Iowa's at Valpo. That will be interesting to see. Bradley's at Drake, so we play Bradley Saturday. We'll get to see a taste of who we just played and who we play Saturday. Then Illinois State goes on the road at Missouri State. Um, then looking at the standings, um, they're they're the same at the top for the most part. Loyola, Northern Iowa, Drake, Missouri State. Illinois State slides in front of us at the five. Then now we are at the six at two and three. Bradley right behind us at two and four. The Sycamores, who we will talk to talk about shortly, are in um, eighth place at one and three in the valley so far. Then you have uh, Valpo and Evansville, who um, won't get a win this year. No, and going back to Indiana State's previous games, yeah, how close they were. That, like I said, it's going to be one of those games. And going back to Bradley, Bradley's game uh, where Illinois State came back, but Noah Terry Roberts, he led them in scoring in this one. And then you tell me, or there was a tweet that NBA scouts are interested in Terry Roberts. Yeah, I assume they probably they probably came there to watch him and Antonio Reeves, and uh, he actually. Uh, he barely scored. They shut him down in the second half. That was the big difference. And uh, I believe he was a uh, newcomer of the week again, I think, for the, like the second straight week or something. You know who was so, player of the week. So, yeah, that's, that's easy. That's player of the year right now. So you can go ahead and give it to Isaiah Mosley if you guys want. Yeah, and then interesting in that box score, uh, Tavine, and I still can't pronounce his name. I hear it all the time, and then I can never think of what the right one is. Uh, he came off the bench and only had four. I think, you know, slowly but surely – and wanted to say Jay Sean Henry's finally back. We know, of course, he was going to be almost ready for us. We had a feeling that was going to be the case, and he only played in 11 minutes in that game. So, yeah, they're, Bradley is, I think, inability to close games. We know they should have beat Loyola at their place, and they blew it. And the Missouri State with the buzzer beater, and then this game. Bradley has trouble finishing games just like we do. But they got some star power. Rink Mask is, um, Mast is unbelievable, 17-10. and 10. He will be a mismatch. And even guys like Leon's and even Jason Cam will be mismatches as well. That'll be tough at Carver Arena when we discuss that. So, yeah, you, you said the standings there. It's definitely going to be looking at those other schools. I mean, Valpo's already putting themselves in a bad hole, and they've been lucky with not having full COVID you know, postponements, them and you and I. Yeah, you're right. Evansville probably will not win. I think they'll surprise somebody. They could get a matchup with Valpo or Illinois State or somebody or Bradley and benefit. Who knows? We know Nick Leiter's a great coach, but – uh, we're still where we are, and Bradley's you know, right behind us. And then I think, like I said, tomorrow will be a deciding factor of where this season can end up finishing if we lose. So now, no, let's jump into the Sycamores. Yeah, uh, as we are looking to avoid an 0-3 start in Valley play at home. Um, the Sycamores are coached by first-year head coach Josh Church, who has done an amazing job so far. Um, he came over from D2 Lincoln Memorial, where he went – um, 337 and 69 and made two final fours at in the D2 level and uh, they were picked ninth in the valley so they're they're kind of like uh, us under Brian's first year um, uh, just a thrown together line uh, throw together a team and uh, they were picked lower but uh, and they and their biggest um, they took a hit before the season even started they got his the big news of the offseason was he got Tyreek Key to commit to come back to Indiana State for a final year and of course he, need sh- he needed shoulder surgery before the year, and now he's out for the season. Wasn't there talks, though, real fast about him maybe coming back? I thought people were, like, getting excited for that potential. I wonder if you've seen anything about that. Yeah, he, he would he, – I guarantee he could get a medical medical waiver or something so he could come back. Uh, 
but looking into a little bit, they've uh, been a decent shooting team this year. They've been a pretty good, um, pretty good offensive team. Uh, Shirts like to play at one of the highest tempos in the. He, he played at a, one of the highest tempos in the D2 level, and uh, he's brought a little bit of that to the Valley. We know a lot of Valley schools um, don't like to get up and down. They want to grind you out um, like ourselves, but uh, they've struggled a little bit. They've struggled a lot on the defensive end this year, um, letting teams shoot a high percentage and stuff like that. So, uh, But, yeah, looking into a little bit of their players, um, leading scorer is 6'4", senior Cooper Neese, averaging 15.3 points per game. Um, if you don't know, he was the three-star recruit out of um, Cloverdale, Indiana. He signed with Butler in a high school. He transferred there. It's been a couple seasons um, with the Sycamores now. So uh, he is their leading scorer. He is a lethal shooter, so you cannot leave him tomorrow night. And uh, a guy who I've really been impressed with, and he's brought over from Lincoln Memorial. Um, it's one of the several players. It's Cameron Henry. Um, he's their leading rebounder with 5.9 points a game or 5.9 rebounds a game, but also gets 14 points a game. Been really impressed with his play. Um, so that'll be one to watch out for. And another one from Lincoln Memorial as well, also came over from there. 6'6 junior Xavier Bledson. He's been very impressive as well. Um, they got some good players to watch out for. Um, Micah Thomas has been a really good freshman for them, averaging about 12 a game. Watch out for him. Um, Julian Larry's a guy that can. He's only averaging six, but he's a guy that can go off at any time. Um, they got some solid players. They've had some injury issues uh, this year so far. I know to look back at it, they went to they went on the road at that Northern Iowa game with seven players because of COVID, and they were taking it to Northern Iowa, but Northern Iowa didn't want their comebacks, and they weren't, and that went in over overtime. They lost um, to a close game in overtime on the road with seven players, so. Um, I've been really impressed with Josh Hurts and what he's done his first year. Um, we know the one of his – he's got one of the probably – I'd say the best recruit coming in in the Valley coming in. So uh, he's uh, nominated for the All-American game just the other night, uh, broke his high school scoring record in Robbie Avila. We know we missed out on him. But, uh, yeah, um, great job for Coach Hurts so far. And this is a team you can't, can't – can't overlook because we know we got a tough road ahead after this one, but this is one you can't drop. Yeah, and it's they it seem like obviously they can get up to leads. It's just them, you know, protecting the lead is what they haven't been able to do. Yeah, they average about 70 points allowed per game. Yeah, Cooper Nice has always killed us. Definitely in previous years, you mentioned he was a three-star recruit. Um, and I, I'm excited to see Cam Henry because we know he's talented. He's going to make the whole newcomer team, um, averaging those about almost 15 points. And, yeah, leading them in rebounds and assists, and even Julian Larry, two steals a game. Uh, and even, like, guys like Kalick Stevens that Josh talked about, they had one of those other Monday pressers again um, on Monday. So got some stuff out of that. And Josh always, you know, has long answers, and he's a pretty smart guy. He's a really good coach, obviously. He's proved that. And what he's had, he has some talent. But if he had Tyree Key, who knows how they'd be doing. They are an interesting team. Um, and even going, looking real fast at Cam Henry's, uh, uh, he shoots about, I think like 34% from three and he's a 60 something percent free throw shooter. So I think he definitely, uh, you know, we got it. I think he's really good in the paint, I guess, when he's able to penetrate and score well, if he shoots, I think he shoots almost 50% from the field in general. So he shoots 
34 from three, so he's a pretty good paint scorer or just inside the arc. Just an all-around creative. He's the perfect matchup for Lance and whoever. So um, we're going to have to step up our defense for sure. Like I said, they like to have leads. They just don't really protect them. Yeah, they allow 71 points a game. We score about 65. We only allow 61, which I'm pretty sure I saw is 25th in the nation. Get to some more of those. Um, they shoot about 46%. We, the exact same. We're about exact same in a lot of these teams and percentages and stats. Uh, they do like to move the ball. They average more assists per game than us. Uh, five more rebounds a game, which would be interesting because I don't think they're very big. Yeah, and they will be once they add Avila next year. Yes, as us and even Missouri State, if Thursday stays on there, um, you know it'll be a nice you know four years of bigs in the in the valley. But yeah, their size isn't too great here. I think we should have the advantage in that regard. And they average almost seven steals a game to our six, and they are riding that two game losing streak. Uh, so it will be it will be fun and interesting. Noah, what other stats do we have here? Yeah, Brian has never beaten Indiana State. He's 0-4 against Greg Lansing's teams, which is crazy, Noah, because Josh has done a great job. He's going to do great things in this valley potentially. Uh, yeah, remember how good Greg Lansing was at times for them, and it was a surprise, and that's why all those guys left. And you said they convinced Tyree Key to stay on and Cooper Nice, which has all been interesting. So they've been on a whirlwind the last year or so. Yeah, this is this is. Uh... This is a big game. Um, I'm looking here, and I think we do have a spread and a over-under already. Um, let's look at it. Uh, we are four-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is 135-and-a-half. That actually seems, I mean, the, both of those are about perfect, I would think. Uh, they know they're taking our defense into account, and we've been allowing a little bit of points lately, you know, around our averages or even more. So it's interesting, and they can put up points, I believe. So all those are about perfect, and I'd say because we are at home and knowing the games we just put up against teams at home, that that's actually a reasonable a reasonable spread, I would say. So uh, I'll take us minus the points, though, even though I feel like I want to take us plus. Uh, and actually, that's probably not a bad idea, but I'll, I'll take the points. I'm liking our matchup in this one, even though I don't want to say that and things go wrong. So I'll take the minus in that. And the and we haven't been given our actual score predictions. We'll give that. So thank you, yours here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over of 135. You said so. Matt. So what do you think could be the potential score in this one? Like I said, we who was it? Missouri State had over 70 against us. You and I and Drake haven't scored a whole lot against us. So what do you think? I will take the plus four and a half, and I will take the under of a score of um, 63 to 59. I don't know, because they allow a lot of points and they can put up points, I think I think the over will hit in that regard. It just depends. They could slap up shots as well. Like I said, Cooper needs kills us, and it'll be interesting to see how Cam Henry does against our defense as well, and they have some other contributors. Um, so that'll be uh, – and what about a final score prediction? 63-59 dogs. Okay, I'll go with a uh, – I'll go with a 77 to uh, 69 win. So that's an eight-point – when that puts them on the verge of our averages, about 70 per game. Uh, so, yeah, we, we lead the Missouri Valley in three-point field goal percentage defense still. Like I said, we are 61 points per game allowed is, uh, again, leads the Missouri Valley and ranks 25th, yes. And we're 19-1 in our last 20 when we out-rebound the opponent. It seems like uh, that hasn't happened a whole lot lately. The rebounding margin, I think, has been close. So all these other stats, like we said, come into play, and, you know, I think, Hopefully the, the team knows a lot of this and hones in on a lot of them, even though uh, even though that should be like rebounding, obviously, and stuff like that. 
should be an emphasis regardless. Canines in flight is the halftime show. We, we know the pogo stick. People that have been around the world, they said how many countries they've been to. They were there, um, the UNI game, which was fun. And then this one, we'll get the canines in flight with the Frisbees and all that stuff. Should be another good show. Hopefully another good, decent crowd shows up. We're expecting it to be. And I'm not sure Indiana State's had a decent amount of, not five days off like Drake, but aren't they having a little bit days off going into this as well? Yeah, no? they are a lot fresher than we are. So that'll be interesting, and it's Josh's first time in Carbondale along with a lot of those new players outside of Nice. Uh, so it'll be and their first time there, so hopefully that we can make it difficult on them. It will be a fun game, like we said. If we if we drop this one, knowing that it should be a close one still, that's when people can definitely start to worry as we move on with some tough matchups. We know Loyola looms with two straight, and we got to start in Chicago to make the trip back here. So it will be tough for sure. No final thoughts. Yeah, I'd almost say this is a character game for us, coming off three tough losses, especially the past two at home like they have, and playing our third time in five days against a lot fresher opponent. Um, I still think this is a high-character group, but uh, just, for some reason this this game has concerned me for some reason against a very feisty club under Josh Schertz. Um, I'd say it's as a close as a must-win in mid-January in Valley play as you get um, to really – to keep a realistic finish where we want to be in the top half of the league. Um, so it, it's going to see – I know there's supposed to be some weather tomorrow. Hopefully the ice misses us this time because uh, we got to continue to lead the league in um, crowd and uh, attendance. And I believe it was 4,100 around there the other night, another good crowd. So, But, uh, yeah, we got to continue that. Hopefully that the weather doesn't um, affect – the crowd because uh we got to have the crowd rocking uh the when the Bentera center is rocking that really helps this team out that sometimes uh, it gets quiet sometimes but yeah i think this is a as, as close as a must win as you can get because looking at the stretch ahead you lose this one you're you're not in good shape no and again that's what and who's to say that down the road even going in the tournament that we can't rattle off you don't never want to play on thursday to have that extra game of you know hard fought games under your belt moving forward but we know we've played really close i think our last i don't remember the last game we got blown out in the first game of a of a tournament so playing on thursday and if that's the case then you move on and so be it i think anything can happen in the tournament as we know so yeah we want to just finish in the top six and even if we go on a huge run and finish really high to where you know high enough to where we like our first round matchup uh, so as time goes on, we will give like a we'll give a standings and then we'll give a what the tournament would look like. And like we said, there's a guy that posts about the percentages for the seeds, even though that obviously fluctuates. So it shouldn't really go off that every single time. It's just something to mention. So it will be fun. Yes, this is definitely a must win, but it's a game you definitely should win. Uh, quickly, Marcus and Lance are about it. Lance has 838 career points. Marcus about at 875. Those guys together are uh, getting close to. 1,000 points for their career, but no, we know they all, but they both struggle at times to even score enough. So hopefully they get that this season. I just noticed that. One of them mentioned it. So yeah, definitely a, a must win. It's a game you should take advantage of. And yes, hopefully the weather does not kick out people because like we said, look around the valley, their their fans are not good at all. And we take pride in ours. So hopefully people do show out. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. We'll see you guys in the coming days. Go dogs.